notes today, Jay. Right on, man. Me too. You, you know it's you know it's a dangerous situation <laughs> when I have three pages of notes here. Right um, on. Good for you. <laughs> I'm gonna start with a quote, if I may. Nice. First of all, welcome to uh, Looking Through the Glass Onion. This is our Beatle podcast where we take a song and we look at it from every angle that we can. And of course, we have the unique perspective of playing a lot of these songs live several times. We'll talk about that. But I'm starting with a quote from this one. Nice. From John Lennon. He says, when you're drowning, you don't say, I would be incredibly pleased if someone would have the foresight to notice me drowning and come and help me. You just fucking scream. (laughs) That's what John says. When someone commented on this song, they said that it was just John saying the same thing over and over again. Of course, one of, I, I don't know, Jay, I don't know where to put this one. This is probably one of the best Beatles songs. Surely one of the best John Lennon songs as a Beatle. I want you, she's so heavy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We have thanks to Dave Grohl for picking this song as one of his essentials. <laughs> thanks, we Dave. Went, uh, we took a great deep dive. This is a fun one to take a deep dive on. There's a lot to unwrap. So in lieu of going long, like we went short last time, we're going to maybe go long today. This song is the first song the Beatles recorded for Abbey Road. Yeah. When, they, when they first met after finishing Let It Be, they, they were running through this song at Let It Be. They got together at Trident Studios, which I definitely want to talk about Trident Studios. And they started recording this song. And on the 50th uh, remaster of Abbey Road, you can hear them working at Trident. And they jam this song so amazingly well. Uh, You've got Ringo. and This song's in 6-8 time. Yeah. First of all, which is... uh, Among others. Is there another? uh, Give me an example. Uh, Among others in the song, yeah. What other Beatles songs do we have six eight time in? Is it Happiness is a Warm Gun? Uh, oh God, great question. Um, knows, I only right? wrote down <clears throat> I wrote down Strawberry, Good Morning, Good Morning, Happiness is a Warm Gun, and Your Blues as additional John Lennon penned songs that go back and forth between multiple time signatures. So it's really cool in this song. Um, I will get into it. This is a, like a very, very Pink Floyd sounding song to me. If oh, I'm nice. listening to it, yeah. You know, as as the outro plays, I mean, they, and they hear all these. You know, you're hearing the the Moog synthesizer come in, of course, which the Pink Floyd really hones in and dials in for Dark Side of the Moon, of course. Yeah. But man, I mean, that white noise at the ah, we'll get to all of that. So uh, Ringo on drums. Yeah. Paul Paul with name a better Paul McCartney bass line. He is, in this uh, song. he is just going for it, isn't he? Where does this come from from him? I mean, it is <laughs> it is so... Gro- it's got to be Billy Preston being there. It has to influence it somehow. But man, he is throwing down on the bass. I, I, again, I can't think of another one where he is just something maybe where, I mean, his bass playing on this record is outlandishly good. Yeah, yeah, it really is, yeah. Yeah, this um, one is it, just it it is so like the do 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 do. I mean, that stuff oh. is just so badass. Woo! We have very very many multi-tracked guitars, and I want to talk about um the sound of these guitars because you, on John's part, clearly playing a casino. I don't even have to guess. I mean, you can hear I played a casino through an amp. It's got to be a casino, right? You're going to go, "No, actually, it was a less." Oh, be. no. I it, it's I mean, John's John's mimicking his his vocal on the guitar and it's I mean, that's all he played at this point, I think was that casino. It is <laughs> so there's awesome. a, there was a quote out there where George was talking about, you know, this new song they were working on, which was this one. And, and he's kind of saying, 
you know, it's really John plays the best solo on it and he's mimicking himself. He's like an old blues guy <laughs> and it's hot. I mean, there's one part, I don't have my guitar where he harmonizes with himself on that. You, it is so hot, baby. Yeah, yeah. This is like the third or fourth song we've talked about with John where he is clearly a better guitar player than he's given credit for. Well, I mean, they all are better than they're given credit for. It's just that, you know, still the sum is greater. Am I yeah. saying that right? You know what yeah, I'm trying to say. I, yep. um, I do. But they're, I do. All they're all amazing musicians. They Even Ringo, they just get busted on because they're not, you know, Rush or something. But Yeah, <laughs> but there is no Rush without this kind of... I mean, and we'll talk about in this song in particular the, the things that it went on to influence. Uh, so... There, something I read, you have, picture this image when they get back to Abbey Road, or maybe it was still in Trident, where George and John are just in the corner playing that. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah, they're just playing it over and over again. And man, it's it's really cool. And it's kind of like the Rolling Stones where one part doesn't work without the other. Right, yeah. You know, it's one of these Beatle times. That doesn't always happen, you know, and it's so good. <laughs> Allegedly plugged into the same amp. Really? Yeah, both guitar, they both plugged into a Fender Twin. I, I read that somewhere this morning. Now, you know, unverifiable, yeah. but... Uh, what's George What's George on in this song? So John's on that, that casino, clearly. Stripped down casino. George? George is probably playing as Les Paul. It, Les it, Paul. It seems like, I mean, it definitely works on a Les Paul. That's what I use for doing those, the lead lines at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I wish I could, I go back and forth. But, like, you can't play that lead line on the casino. Otherwise, I'd play right. the casino on this. So. I, I'm lucky enough to play the casino on that guy. It just screams on that. What a good one. All right. Yeah. And then, of course, we have, uh, uh, they, they come and do some overdubs where Ringo lays down congas. And I, I was listening really hard for the congas. And I think it comes in the down, 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 down. I think that's where Ringo's hitting the congas. You have to really listen. Did you hear it in there? I, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the multi-tracks. I ran out of time this morning, but, uh, yeah, it says congos. There's a snare overdub that he does. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, cool stuff. And then of course the magic man himself <laughs> just, Adds so much to this song. I think we mentioned this song when we were talking about Billy Preston and Get Back. Billy Preston on the keyboard in this song. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, without it, it works, clearly. It's a great bluesy rock and roll song. But when you bring Billy Preston in to throw that organ over top of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it doesn't get the, the run that uh, Clapton playing guitar on well, my guitar gently weeps gets, but it is right. as important to the song. Well said, sir. Very well said. Both um, would both would be great songs without those parts, but as each you said, of those, the sum of all. Yeah, yeah. You put the fifth Beatle in there, and again, we we mentioned there are many fifth Beatles, but Billy Preston on this song is just. <laughs> I mean, he raises their playing. I, you know, when you listen to John, this is like a kind of a glimpse into what his solo stuff sounds like. I'm really into John's solo stuff, especially his first record, The Plastic Ono Band. And this sounds like most of that record, that kind of raw, kind of simple lyrics, great guitar stuff from John. And the, the ring goes on that record, and as is Billy Preston. And man, when the Beatles are all there, this is the magic we get. Yeah. Um, 
Also, the producers on this record, um, you have George Martin, of course, but Glenn Johns is also in one of the producers of Session on this, mm-hmm. as is Chris Thomas. So talk to me about just those two guys, in case somebody didn't know those names as I'm throwing them out there, Glenn Johns and uh, Chris Thomas. Oh, well, uh, yeah. So so they started at Trident. I read this morning that they were uh, remodeling something at Abbey Road, and so Abbey Road wasn't available for when they were were starting this, so they started it there. Um I don't know a ton about Glenn Johns. Yeah. Or I know a little. So what I know about Glenn is he went on to record uh, Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. He recorded the Rolling Stones. And then he recorded the Eagles' first couple of records. I know mm. about him from the Eagles documentary. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what turned the Eagles on to Glenn Johns was that he produced, you know, he was a, a member of the Beatles crew. And so they thought, of course, we have to have this guy. Of course, he was a little stuck up and didn't care for the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> but I digress. So Glenn Johnson, but Chris Thomas is who I don't know about. So do you, what, what can you tell me about Chris Thomas? Not much. Yeah. But he, I think, is involved with Dark Side of the Moon in, in some way. Chris Thomas goes on to also, I mean, these three guys are rock and roll royalty and they all work on this track. Yeah. Chris Thomas has uh, done a lot of huge records since then. Uh, yeah. And I think he's still working today, but yeah, I don't. None of which I can name off the top of my head. But. Right, legend, legends. These are like yeah. the legendary guys. Um, Trident Studios. I did a little deep dive on Trident. Nice, because um, it's it's no longer open, and I knew that in the the remaster when you listen to them recording at Trident, it sounds cool. And this guy comes in after they're kind of fumbling through the beginning, and he's like, uh, "Is there any way?" It could be Chris Thomas. We'll say, and he's like, "Is there any way you gents would consider turning down if it wouldn't bother you so much?" And John's like. Why? And he says, people are complaining. <laughs> Trident is in Soho, so it's like in an office building, and they're recording and late at night and people were complaining. But it was built by Norman Sheffield from the British group The Hunters. Have you ever heard of The Hunters? I've never heard Ex- of The Hunters. Exactly. Neither had I. But he built this studio that evidently rivaled anything around the world. Uh, the Beatles recorded Hey Jude there. Mm-hmm. They did parts of the White Album there. Uh, Elton John did Candle in the Wind. Bowie did The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. Queen did Queen, Queen 2, Sheer Heart Attack, Bee Gees, uh, Frank Zappa, Genesis, Kiss, Harry Nilsson, Joe Cocker, Johanna Whistle. Speaking of, we have Yes. They all recorded in this incredible studio. Wow. And it says the Sheffield brothers, so Norman started this with his brother, had a relaxed working attitude, but also emphasized high standards of audio engineering. The studio's state-of-the-art recording equipment helped attract many major artists to record there. And I think when you listen to this song, especially that stripped down on Abbey Road, the remaster, which I recommend to anybody, it sounds Led Zeppelin-y. Nice. Uh, you you hear how it shades of future hard rock. I mean, of course, they take it back to Abbey Road and add all these fun layers to it. But I wanted to throw that in there because I hear Trident and I never knew anything about it. And I wanted to, to dive a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if you read this, but so there mm-hmm. are two different... We have a we have a splice similar to Sergeant or uh, Strawberry Fields in this in this version. Excellent, I didn't know that. Yeah. Talk so, um, so yeah. So they they did a reduction mix from Trident, brought that back to Abbey Road, uh, did some overdubs on the first half of it there, and then when they added the white noise mm. at the end and some of and the the down and the guitar overdubs. They did it on the original reduction mix from Trident. So they had two different versions. Wow. 
And and it's 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 I don't know why they would have done that. I don't know if they wow. just messed up and grabbed the wrong tape, which seems unlikely, but who knows. Yeah. Um so at uh, she's so and when the the coda kicks at in, the end. one of the great yeah. outros of all time again. Another yeah, great We'll talk outro. about that of course. Y- yeah. <laughs> um so that's an edit of two different two different takes of the song. So we hear it go from at, from Abbey Road to Trident at the end. At, uh, That's what we're hearing. And and, and it's either at, so it's either at four four thirty seven or three forty six. I didn't time it, but it's one of those. Days, so. <laughs> I have some uh, some deep dive stuff. I'm sure we'll, we'll just start right into the deep dive. All right, the day the Beatles took the picture at Abbey Road was the day they did the overdubs of the White Noise. So it's also the last time the Beatles were in the recording studio together, all working together. This is not the last time the Beatles were in the studio, but the last time they all worked together was this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And at the end, as we were talking about, one of the great outros of all time, Jay continually talks about how great the Beatles outros are, and son of a bitch, here's a great version of it. (laughs) I don't know if you found this, though. The final master lasted eight minutes, four seconds. Uh, John Lennon decided on the surprise ending. During the final edit with the guitars, drums, and white noise climaxing endlessly, he told recording engineer, Jay's hero, Jeff Emmerich, to cut it right there at the 744 mark, bringing the song and side one of Abbey Road to an abrupt end. And the reason he did that, George says is so it sounded like it could have gone on forever. Nice. Making it probably the best Beatle outro of all time. <laughs> I mean, come on, heroin. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, Emmerich says in his book that uh, uh, John says, cut the tape. Emmerich looks to George Martin and George Martin just shrugs his shoulders and, and gives him like a yeah. And so they do it. And and there, Emmerich is sort of surprised at how well it works. <laughs> I mean, I remember as a little kid listening, listening to this and being confused, you know, the album, it's the last song on the first side. So yeah. it would stop and just be like, wait, if I flip it over, is it going to continue? And maybe the best thing is you flip it over and it's here comes the sun, you know? It's yeah. Like, oh. it's, like a, it's like a breath of fresh air. All right, <laughs> this is something I didn't know and I couldn't find it anywhere to see, um, t- to prove it. But Billy Preston was accompanying the band at this time, which we talked about. And uh, on the 29th of January, which still would have been, I, I'm assuming around get back time, let it be when they're rehearsing the song, Billy Preston sang in one of the verses along yeah, with the Yeah, I read that too. In an echo of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, black or white, we all deserve equal rights. I had a good dream, a very good dream. Huh, very appropriate for 2020. Wish I could find a version of that. I That'd love that. That'd be amazing, yeah. That yeah. would have been mm, unreal. There's also uh, supposedly Paul sang lead on a take. Did not know that. Yeah, I read that That would be a killer morning. version. I'd love, to, I'd love to hear that, but I've not uncovered it anywhere. I want to talk a little bit about the, um, the, did you find anything else on your deep dive? Oh, there's a few things. Uh, oh, please. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Robbie Robertson of the band who, uh, mm. I like the band. I respect the band more than I like yes. the band, but I don't like Robbie Robertson. You couldn't pay <laughs> me to, to have agree coffee, with you. coffee with him. <laughs> um, but he said of the song, it was noisy shit. 
Ah, speaking of him, he's the one Canadian I don't quite care for. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not a fan. Not it's a always got to be one, and it's Robbie Robertson. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, I'm just throwing stuff out. Uh, yeah, sure. We have a lot of arpeggios on Abbey Road because here comes the sun. Uh, you never give me your money, the guitar thing that also comes yeah. back in the medley and this song. Talking about the brilliance of the Beatles in this record, I mean, that's kind of a a musical theme that occurs throughout. You know, instead of the themed second side, I mean, this arpeggiated theme kind of continues throughout this record, which, of course, makes it the greatest record of all time, in my humble opinion, Jay Hansen. It's, it's, Not you, Rolling Stone. It's number four to you behind Joni Mitchell's record. <laughs> I can deal with the Marvin Gaye. I can totally deal with the pet sounds even. I Come on. It's Abbey Road. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this song, um, I, I don't quite know how to say this. I mean, I think it, we, She Said, She Said is a, is a hard rocking song. I Want You, She's So Heavy, though, is probably, I don't know if it's Helter Skelter or this, as probably the like heaviest Beatles song. And of course, She's So Heavy in the title, but that ending is is Black Sabbath, and that ending is, is Led Zeppelin, and and all the stuff you hear after it in the 70s. This is recorded before Black Sabbath. I mean, people talk about this because there's like Black Sabbath started, but again, the Beatles with this really heavy, hard rock song. And that's not even the best part. Santana <laughs> had played Woodstock, and then you hear this like Black Magic Woman, which hadn't even come out yet. Santana. I don't think so, right? Am I wrong in that? Anyway, there's that little breakdown, the congas in that part. There you go. There's congas in that part. Yeah. Um, wicked. Wicked. There's a door section of this song. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you got Santana, you got the doors, you got heavy metal, you got John Lennon, you got the Beatles. God, that's funny. Yeah, Ringo doing John Densmore. I love it. I never thought Big about time. that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's whenever it gets up. to that part, it, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is just the Beatles doing the doors. Way better than the doors. <laughs> um, this is like them, you know, Paul always gets the, he's the softie who writes the love songs and John's the hard rocker. Man, this proves it. This is, for me, it's really after studying it becoming my favorite John Lennon song. It is hardcore, man. Yeah. I love it. Did you read about Paul pouting in the in the studio about this? No. Okay. Give me a good Paul pouting story. Yeah. So so um, when they're when they're uh, uh, working on the white noise, uh, Paul is uh, Paul is sitting, you know, in the back of of the control room, and and John is just like admonishing Jeff Emmerich to turn up the white noise to make it just like overtake everything, which it does, you know? Yeah. And Paul is just like, his body language is just like, you know, shrinking. <laughs> and and Emmerich, you know, Emmerich says something to the effect of, you know, a year ago, Paul would have, or two years ago, Paul would have said, you know, diplomatically, can we maybe try this differently? But like, you know, he felt like this was sort of entering the revolution number nine territory, which I, yeah. I don't agree with. I think it's badass. 
I think it's brilliant too, especially because they he the way he uses the moog, which is it's all throughout this record. It's not used in this way. I mean, to like interfere with the song, right? I mean, right. that's kind yeah. of what makes it. And when again, I go back to that quote: "When you're drowning, you don't say I would be incredibly pleased." You know, I mean, he's really giving you. It's just brilliant on all on all fronts. I mean, yeah. I think. I, I don't have anything bad to say about this song in any way. And again, Yoko, thank you for inspiring John to write such a, a great, heavy song. Yeah, uh, inspired his minimalism, you know? What is it? I, I yeah. didn't count, but I think there's 12 to 14 lyric, like words yeah, in I think the lyric. That's, that's all there is to <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's yet astoundingly it's the cool. second longest Beatles song. That's right. Yeah. Behind, of course. Is it Revolution number nine or is it? I believe uh, Revolution. Hey, <laughs> hey Jude, of course, is the longest Beatles song. Is it? Yeah. I, I believe so. We're this one's to, great. This though. C- that could be fake news. We're not sure. We're getting old. We're making stuff up at this yeah. point. <laughs> Join 2020. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go personal level with this song. Think about the. Tell me about the first time this meant something to you, or you played it. Uh, so I remember hearing it. So my, uh, I have a vivid memory of Abbey Road. My brother came home from college. I had graduated college. Um, he had a techniques. Shout out to education. Sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> in, the, in America, it's not being touted as much as it once was. Hey, shout out to higher ed, everybody. <laughs> so sorry, yes. I'm Waterloo. Thank no, you. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So he moved home uh, back with my parents. I was, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade. And uh, so he had a Techniques turntable, which I still own, by the way. Um, awesome. And he had Abbey Road, and so I put it on, and that was the first time I'd heard it, and I was just like, wow. And then I don't have a great memory of it until college, um, and I was reading about an Elvis Costello release in 86 called Blood and Chocolate, where he has a six-and-a-half-minute song called I Want You. Um, definitely influenced by it. Um, it's it's right. a badass song, not as badass as I Want You, She's So Heavy. <laughs> but uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, and now it's just playing it. And mo- yeah. my favorite reaction, and, and I know you'll go into this, is this sort of like the the half audience going crazy for it and the other half of the audience going what was that yeah. that we just sat through it was cool but yeah. and I, I love that sort of uh yeah. dichotomy of the reactions that we get because people go excuse me ape shit yeah. for it yeah uh and then also people are confused by it and, but the <laughs> we'll, band we'll loves yeah. playing it <laughs> Big time. How, <laughs> we'll, how many we'll times to, have we pl- I think we've only played it in front of people twice. Yeah, it's definitely countable on one <clears> hand. <throat> yeah. Uh, and it's for that reason. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a Beatle fan song. It's not your casual Beatle fan song. But right. yeah. that doesn't mean that from here on out, I'm not going to try to play it every show because it's so <laughs> freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. This, this song for me, um, I mean, I have a lot of different feelings about this song. I, I always liked it. When I was a little kid, I don't know. I love the way it ended. I love that play out at the end and just listening to it in headphones. Like, why did it stop there? Yeah. But yeah. really, like, when I was about 14 or 15, I'd never attempted to play a Beatles solo or lick. I mean, I just learned guitar chords. I mm-hmm. just thought, I'm John. I just play the guitar chords, right? I can sing like John and I'll play the guitar chords. Uh, but then I found out he played the guitar solo in one of these Beatle magazines or something that I read. And I was like, 
well, shit, I got to learn this. <laughs> so this is the first guitar solo I ever learned. Like, oh, nice. And that could, can still play to this day, not because it's not incredibly difficult. It's just, you know, when I would sing it, I could go, I want you. And then I could play it and go, oh, he's just mimicking himself. And it was one of those, it, <laughs> it doesn't happen often for me, but where you, like the instrument becomes way more understandable. Oh, and this yeah. was one of those times that a guitar and a soul, you know, so that's why if any songs in a minor key, I can solo my ass off <laughs> only be, because I'm just playing this every time I start a key, especially an A minor, I'm giving you the brown arrow. That's awesome. I still do it. To, yeah. Go back to any footage of me playing a solo in A minor ever. And it's always going to start. I want you because it's the only way I know how to solo. That's so anyway. Cool, so dude. I, I love this song and playing it live is, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know why it's not way more effective live. So if you're going to attempt to play it live, you got to have the two guitar players, first of all, yeah. as we talked about, I mean, you have to have somebody that's playing the arpeggiated part and then somebody playing that wicked guitar part that George plays, uh, which again, on the remaster, when they're getting, uh, scolded at Trident, you can hear George in the back, like learning the riff. It's so awesome. He's like, bow, bow, He's like, that's a tricky. That's a tricky little arpeggio. Those are some weird it's, chords. I can't it's quote wicked, them off the top yeah. of my head, but they're so yeah, cool. <laughs> and if, if you're like us, I didn't memorize what key it's, and I just play it. I only know how to play it. So if anybody's, hey, can we do this? And I'm like, nope, I only got it in D minor. Oh, totally. totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got to have a keyboard player. Don't. I mean, yeah. you can pull it off, but it's just not going to be as cool. Uh, drummer's got to be able to handle the six, eight time, the count in slinking jazz. <laughs> I read that today that Ringo plays slinking jazz. And I was like, yeah, that's nice. That's he does slinking jazz. He does the doors, which explains the slinking jazz. And he does that Santana. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo tears it up in the song. <laughs> uh, and of course, maybe the star of the show, baby is, uh, is your bass player had better be ready to, uh, <laughs> To be able to throw down, unlike any other Beatles song, because yeah. it won't work without the. I mean, Matthew, I, my brother Matthew has, who didn't start out as a bass player, by the way, he was a keyboard player that I forced <laughs> to become a bass player. <laughs> but thank God I did, because he's killer. But he's he, man, that's why he loves to play it. Yeah, and yeah, it's badass. And the key ingredient that we have that nobody else does. Jay Hansen has a special pedal at the end of the song. <laughs> he puts. Listen to me out there. Okay, I don't know what the pedal is, and you know what? I'm not going to make him tell you because it's proprietary information. <laughs> hey, can you tell I got a, a windscreen? Because I'm all up on the mic Look and I'm not you. popping yeah. peas. <laughs> nice, man. That's so cool. Anyway, Jay has a pedal. He pushes, he pushes the pedal, and the white noise comes. So when we end it, it's just... <laughs> and my whole band, because we've lived on the road for so many years, all sleeps to white noise, and by the end, we're all asleep. <laughs> <laughs> at Jay's feet. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a okay. good screamer, too. Good screamer, Ryan. Yeah, my nice brother scream. Ryan tears this one up. And, of course, you got to be able to have those... Heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. And, yeah. We got that. Do you? Huh? <laughs> uh, also, I... I before we even rate this song, which I'm guessing the scores are going to be quite high... Um. The, anytime the Beatles use a song in love, you got to assume that is one of the key ingredient songs. I mean, if you just look at that album itself, all of those songs are either important to the Beatles or important to their story in some way, because they're all 
handcrafted and chosen by the Beatles and their people. So I give those songs the highest level of of care. And I think that's why I gave it an extra deep dive today, Jay. Nice. This song deserved it because it's in love and it's one of my favorite parts of love and benefit of Mr. Kite. Guy's up there swinging and it's real creepy. And this is the outro. Yeah. And it works. We've done it before where you do Mr. Kite and play the down as the outro. And it works real well. Yeah. Um, So yeah, man, I don't even know what to say. So let's talk about it, Jay. Let's give it our special rating. How many glass onions does I want you? Did you predetermine? I didn't. That look, uh, yeah, I didn't either. Uh, gosh, I feel like I do this rating a lot, but I but I feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah. eight one. Eight one on the yeah. song. Please yeah. tell me why. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it it's not it's not like one of those amazing Beatles songs that has changed. The culture, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, technically, there are a lot of super cool things that they did, and sonically, it, it's one of it's one of their highlights. Sonically, I mean, just with everything that they have going on—the organ, the white noise, yeah. the multiple guitar overdubs, uh, singing John's John's yeah. singing and playing with himself. I mean, it's such a. Ah, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> but um. <laughs> um but it, you know it it's not one of those that sort of is a huge huge beatles song so i'm giving it a b ish that's a very that's a very very fair grade jay and typically i go lower than you and i'm going to go way higher okay i'm going to talk about um about the white album right around the white album time the beatles kind of become solo artists and they kind of become guest artists on each other's songs that doesn't always stay the same. You know, I've got a feeling they, that two separate songs they put together to create a Beatles song. But this album, they, they do come back together and really give... I think we've talked about some other songs not getting the full Beatle treatment. Mm-hmm. A George song, mm-hmm. for example, Old Brown Shoe. This one gets the full Beatle treatment. And mm-hmm. look no further than Billy Preston being on it and um, George Martin, Glenn Johns, and Chris Thomas all being producers on this session. So... As a John Beatles song, I mean, not I'm not talking about John and Paul songs. A Day in the Life is a John and Paul song. This is a John song. Paul really didn't help in the song at all. This is my favorite of those songs. Nice. So that includes like Happiness is a Warm Gun, any, anything kind of White Album on. I, I just, I don't think you're going to find a better John song after that point, maybe even in his solo career. So I'm going to give it an eight, nine. Nice. I love Paul's bass playing. Oh. Uh, next, next to something, it probably is his peak. Anything with Billy Preston, I have a rule. That's higher than an eight. <laughs> Anything with Billy is... <laughs> I would have loved to hear the Martin Luther King stuff over top of it. Just, oh, totally. That just would have been awesome. out of, So I'm sure in five years they're going to re-release that, and I'm going to pay way too much money to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gladly going to give them my money. Hey, this is Looking Through the Glass Onion. Um, this has been a great episode. I've loved this one, Jay. Yeah. Did you have a good time on this one? Totally. Oh, yeah. I can see it in your face. We uh, open our show tonight in Omaha, our home. Um, we're doing some shows. It, it, it's going to be awkward to be inside for the next month. We haven't done that uh, since, uh, gosh, our last indoor yesterday and today show was in March in New York. I don't know if you remember that. I wasn't there. <laughs> you weren't there for that. There you go. That's there. why you don't remember that. <laughs> but it's hey. so long ago, I don't remember you not being there. The show looks amazing. 
Did you see yeah. shots of it last night? I just, I'm blown away by how cool it looks. It's... Uh, we, we're, we're pulling out a lot of visual stops because, you know, people, we're assuming, probably aren't going to be dancing in the aisles as they typically would. Right. So we want to give them something interesting to look at and maybe make a statement or two. So if you come to our shows and, and you listen to this as, as you're doing it, then we hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're doing everything we can to keep people safe. Uh, the totally. house size is at 40%, uh, with people sitting in groups with their people, of course, more than six feet apart. So if you're coming to our show over the next month, we'd love to see you. Uh, we're going to keep churning out these podcasts. I do want to say one thing, Jay. I saw Tim Vallier yesterday. Hi, mm-hmm. Tim, out there. Hey, Tim. He listened to our podcast for the very first time yesterday, and he was like, hey, you guys have good chemistry. He's on episode one, season one. Oh, so nice. when you get this far, Tim... <laughs> See, I told you we got better. <laughs> we, we were really just figuring it out. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? So, if you're interested, Jay, evidently we have good chemistry together. So uh, again, we uh, we don't have any sponsors for the show. So if you or anybody you know is interested in sponsoring this little podcast, uh, we have hundreds of listeners out there. <laughs> Something fun too. We're on Spotify, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've listened to us on Spotify. Do you listen on Apple or Spotify? You don't listen, I'm assuming. You don't, <laughs> yeah, you I'm, don't I'm like the sound right of now. <laughs> Once it's done. out there, that's it. I listen so I can, I, I write the notes for the show. So oh, I was yeah, the way okay. you were because I wasn't listening. And then Kate said, well, we need good notes and I'm not going to listen. <laughs> so, so I go back and listen and they are fun. We do have good chemistry. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so we uh, we we have hundreds of people out there listening to us, and we're very very grateful. Totally, uh, we love for we love talking about Beatles songs. Yeah, so my website billymcguigan.com, You can find this anyway on Spotify. If you slow it down, you can slow and speed up when you're listening to these. Hang on, let me see if I hang on. <laughs> you see if you can get us a sponsor real fast. I'll, I'll go to Spotify. So and this is this isn't a free advertisement for us. So I'm going to go to the Spotify and I'm going to go to my podcast library. Oh, look at that. So Jay, yeah, I mean I I like Apple, but but uh, I'm telling you that Spotify's kind of got it going on. I can't find it, but I got it going on. Let's see. <laughs> there it is. Looking through the glass onion. These are our most recent Good Day Sunshine. So you can play it. Hang on, I'm going to play it here. All right. There's your there's your music, right? So I'm gonna take it to the middle. Here. George Harrison played bass on this. Okay, George, that's you. Let's see. I'm gonna slow it down, George. Jay. If you <laughs> slow it down to half speed, we sound completely <laughs> obliterated. Listen. Interesting. Very <laughs> because Paul definitely plays the piano part in this song. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see it. Point eight. Right. It's drunk Trump. Yeah, it's right. there's three and, um, piano parts. Yeah. Three piano parts, right? So we have <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. Paul playing piano. <laughs> so anyway, where's the Doritos? <laughs> That's the stoned level. Uh, and here's me on coffee, as most of you hear. All this. At least once, yeah. Uh, and then is there? Then there's the George Martin one, which is a slowed down with a tremolo. <laughs> And then there's a George Martin one that slowed down with the trouble, and I'd already oh had coffee that day. That is so So great. anyway, listen to us wherever you want to. We'd love it if you listen on Apple, but on Spotify, you can listen to the drunk version of us, the stone version of us. <laughs> That's the only way I will listen to us. You know what? Up. That just convinced Jay to listen to his own podcast. So 
We're sponsoring our... This show is sponsored by Yesterday and Today, the interactive Beatles experience. The only Beatles show out there. We don't dress like the Beatles and we don't care what they looked like. We just want to know why you love the songs and that's why we play the songs you choose. I made that up. That sounded good. That is good. Nice. Hey, thank you. Kate will be very proud. So www.billymcguigan.com. You can find our podcast. You can see pictures of us. We took a photo session during uh, quarantine. <laughs> I have a full beard and a weird haircut, and we're still there. We look cool now. So anyway, my friends, be well. We'll be back next week. It's it's my choice. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to freestyle on this one. So help me out. Info at billymcguigan.com if you have a request. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week. I'm Billy McGuigan. That's Jay Hansen. And we looked at the glass on you.